welcome back to another episode of the Funny Girl Podcast. This week, I'm very excited because we have the lovely Allie Fishbein on the pod. Normally, I interview people in the comedy world of different realms, and I'm excited because Allie produces her own comedy show called The Little Fish Comedy. Um, we've actually known each other because we're both from West Chester, New York for, at this point, like 10 years, which is wild. But um Allie and I were kind of talking and I wanted to get her on the pod for a while. I've known she's been in the comedy world for so long and lives in the East Coast while I'm on the West Coast. So thought it'd be kind of cool to get a new lens and ask some questions. So thank you so much for coming on the pod, Al. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to be here. I feel like, as I said earlier, like I'm not really on camera or like front facing. So I never really like talk on podcasts. So it's kind of kind of fun for me I guess this is a first uh it's like a it's a muscle you're not used to working you're using like you're used to like being the technical like the backside of things like behind the scenes so it's cool now now the the spotlight's on you however however we feel about that (laughs) I feel like so just to like reiterate what you're saying a little bit um I do I have been doing comedy I mean not be doing comedy I've been producing comedy for not that long I've actually only been doing it for three years um, which feels like kind of a long time, but realistically, like, I feel like it started kind of in a weird way. Um, and I can like start, you know, kind of explaining how I got into this world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like what kind of what, cause it, it I think I, I always try to ask people, especially like with entertainment, like how long and when did you really know you wanted to be in entertainment? And then to your point, kind of give us just the rundown of specifically how Lil Fish Comedy came yeah, to be. Yeah. I know you said you did it three years ago. So basically when I was like in high school, before I went to school, like you know, before I went to college, I was like, oh, I'd love to do theater. Like I'd love to be in, be a Broadway producer at some point. And then obviously like I went to college and graduated and decided to like work in brand marketing and like live events. So I would do like pop-ups for Kettle One and Smirnoff and basically those like things you see at festivals. I was working on those. Right. And it was fun, but like I wasn't really enjoying the agency life. So then after getting like laid off right before COVID, I ended up taking a job working in at like an investment bank, uh, which is like what I still What? Yeah, I actually work at a bank full time uh doing admin work so I know it's like I'm a producer I am like I consider myself like working in comedy full-time but like it's hard to like do the thing you want to do without being able to like survive I would say uh like that's just like a thing you know if there's like an Oprah quote like you have to do what you have to do do what you want to do like you got to pay your bills it's true it's especially with what we're especially with entertainment Entertainment. and even specifically comedy totally like like, you need your day job i love working for myself and like this day job is just very flexible it's like admin based and i work from home so what happened was right when COVID hit i was like basically had gotten out of like a long-term relationship and was like i need to do something fulfilling and like philanthropy related i had always loved stand-up comedy and there was this um community center next to my apartment in the east village and I was basically like, hey, I walked over there one day. I was like, hey, like, can I help you guys like fundraise, do anything, you know, basically help you guys out, raise money, whatever. And they were like, yeah, like, why don't you throw us a gala or a fundraiser? And I was like, oh, yeah, I used to work in event planning and I actually love stand up comedy. Like I had been going to a lot of shows. They're like, why don't you produce us a comedy show? So I was like, okay, yeah, let's, I was like, let's, yeah, let's do comedy. <laughs> so I ended up producing, um, like starting to produce a comedy show during COVID 
And okay. then COVID got worse, didn't happen. And then when comedy went underground and like outside, I started producing shows in this like alley, like a literal like alley next to this community center, which was an old synagogue. And like, I don't want to quote Dan Soder, but he may have said like one of my shows was like the best shows of like 20, what was 2020 or 2021, whatever it was. You're like humble brag, but also just facts. Yeah, it was like one of the shows next to an old synagogue. And like, I had never produced comedy before. It was super grassroots. Like, I worked with this, um, my friend from the Comedy Cellar who like taught me, and we weren't friends. Like, we got connected and he taught me how to like basically do sound and figure out lighting. And I like put a stage in bricks and like screwed in little light bulbs. And like, there are pictures of this. And it was kind of amazing to figure out like, (laughs) okay, like, this is what I want to do forever. Like, although it was super small scale, I was like, I want to make this bigger. How can right. I, it started, like, literally me hustling during COVID to try and get comedians to come to this little show. Um, and I taught myself, like, how to curate a lineup and, like, just learned energies and, like, making a playlist of, like, comedians and, like, figuring that out. And it was great. So then when COVID got a little better and we went inside like I started to grow my business I met like my producing partner at the time Dan and he's like the best he like taught me a lot about the comedy world and then um in two years I started to get real clients so like people would come to our shows um Dan my producing partner worked in like works in hospitality so a lot of like people from the hospitality world would come to our shows they would say we have this amazing event space you should come produce a show here um so it slowly like progressed over time because it sounds like in a cool way, like you were like a self-starter about it. Like yeah. you went over and asked and you're like, what can I do? And you, it's like you knew you liked comedy and you liked stand-up, but like it took a second to like realize how you could take that passion and actually apply it to something. So then it slowly yeah. just progressed into just like a few shows to more shows and you were probably like, okay, I want to keep doing this. Yeah. Like I love this. It was so weird how it like kind of it felt like serendipitous in a way like my mom yeah. like she had always like raised me on stand-up she had raised me on stand-up comedy and like loved it and like I love stand-up too and like I feel like she instilled something in me and it was like kind of like not like a religious person or a spiritual person but I was like I feel like this kind of all came together in a way that was like very meant to be right and um yeah I'm definitely like a big go-getter like no one told me to do any of this exactly it was kind of like everything kind of the more I did the thing, the more things came to me just by learning and figuring out the business. Um, so after getting some bigger clients, I like started to network within the industry and like meet other producers. Okay. And like, there are very few female, like non-comedian producers. It's really weird because like most people who do produce shows are comedians, like producing shows to get their friends on shows. And like, right. You're not probably- seeing people that are like self-starting, especially like a female owned production or management company or anything like right. that. Right. And like, it's just kind of, it's taken a weird path and there was no one way of doing it. Like I meet sometimes post-grads will hit me up and they'll be like, Hey, I want to learn about like what it's like to produce comedy. And I'm like, Hey, like there is no one way of doing this. Like I was never a page at NBC that like figured out how to produce or like right. <laughs> an intern, you know, at a management company. Like I just kind of like figured this out. And in three years, I like ended up meeting people from 800 pound gorilla who hired me to end up like stage managing and PAing on a couple specials. So I got into that world and basically started to be like, okay, like this is where I want to be. I want to be, in the industry I don't want to just be doing shows next to an alley like it built me a foundation <laughs> but then I was like how do I grow so I've thought about right. going into managing for a little while because like as 
I, you know, I still have my day job because live theater really doesn't pay. There's no money in ticket sales. And like, how can you grow and like make it full time if you really, if you're struggling right. trying to figure out how to make it like survive. So in now I'm kind of like at this point where I have clients that I book for, like I work with New York comedy club. I produce Mark Norman's show with Gary Veter and Matt Ruby every week. And that's really fun to book, but like, I love production. So now I'm at this point of like, okay, like what's next? Because I'm like always looking for my next opportunity. So your passion is more into like, cause there's obviously multiple sides of producing a show in general and even like finding people and what that process looks like. And I know you said earlier, you met someone who helped like learn the ropes, if you will, you know, like with lighting and sound and things like that. So it was like, you were someone that was able to do like multiple parts, whereas usually there's like a team. And obviously it sounds like you had a team, but you're hitting a point now where it's like, that's what's such a great thing about comedy that I also love is like everyone's so willing to learn or help or like extend an arm and kind of just like, even if it's like someone who's been doing comedy for a few years, someone who's been producing comedy, like people that are managing or agents and things. It's like, there's such a community of everyone who's like, I know where you were. I was there once or like I, you know, and it kind of helps it like makes it a rotation. So you feel like, are you feel like you're kind of hitting a point now, like with the what's next where you're like, at least, you know, more what you want to be doing. Like, is it, is it something that you feel like, because, and I know earlier you said you were kind of talking about like the female owned production company. And I was leading me into like, you touched upon it a bit, but like what exactly inspired you to do that? Was it because there wasn't a lot of people out there or was it that more like the self-starter alley who was like, I want to kind of control and know what I can do here and then see what the next step is. Because it's like, you're not going to know unless you figure out what you do and don't like, you know? Exactly. Like I fully agree with that. Like I have taken so many different jobs before I landed doing this, like, like, and I agree. I think what inspired me to start the company was like, it's really not that interesting. My dad was like, if you're going to be running shows and charging tickets and having audience members, like you need to, my dad's a lawyer. He's like, you have to protect yourself and start a business because you need to have an LLC. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I ended up just starting that just to have the like personal protection. And then it ended up working out great because like now I have real clients that I have to like invoice and like run a production company and like network. And like, I have a business now. So it ended up like playing in really nicely. Like it's kind of, it all kind of just happened because I was like working at the thing. I don't know how else to like explain it. Like, no, it's just, it's like, it slowly happens over time. It's like you, I say this a lot with like past interviews that I've done. It's like, you'll have a job or a career path or like a relationship with someone that you think at the, you don't really know the what's going to come out of it at the time. And obviously there's things that, again, you learn what you do and don't like, but then you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, I would have never been able to produce this show or like start an LLC or, or like be in control of my own business. If I didn't have this conversation with my dad, figure out that I wanted to do stuff in the, in the alley that ended up being some people's favorite shows to perform at. It's like, you needed to like practice that muscle to kind of realize like, oh, this, this is what I want to do. Like I actually have passion for it. And I think like, especially in entertainment, if you don't have that passion and excitement to do something, it really like for the most part won't work because 
I like I don't know I think it's just with comedy in general like people have very different points of view on what type of comedy is their favorite type of comedy or like what type of style like a spur you know specific whether it's like a clean comic or someone who's like super raunchy or if there's long form improv short for an improv right. stand up right but it's kind of cool because it's like you wouldn't know unless you have these experiences that you're like oh that didn't seem like that'd be useful at all yeah, you know what I mean and then now sure. you're at a point where you're like I'm producing my own thing so like that's really exciting yeah and like Exactly. I think everything is kind of led up to this and built upon each other. Like my, what I mentioned earlier about like working in brand marketing events and like experiential. Exactly. It taught me how to market these shows and like work in production, like be on site at the show. And like, if something happens, like know how to troubleshoot and like be able to be like quick on your feet, like all of those like quick, I don't know, like production skills really taught me a lot. Like, right. I don't know. just like working in those jobs. And now I'm kind of like in this position of um, basically like last year I did a show for Valentine's Day. Or it was like two years ago now. Um, I pitched a show called like One Night Stand and it was a Valentine's Day show um, that I ended up producing for like Lifestyles Condoms. And I came up with the concept, pitched it around and I was like, why not do a branded event and see if I can like use my experiential marketing experience to make more money on this type of business and like wow. comedians money and like we ended up getting the comedians like influencer deals and like doing the live show and it was like it was awesome like they paid for the whole thing like we ended up making a little money on it and then kind of that's awesome wow this idea of like okay I can combine brand marketing with comedy and entertainment to start really growing my business so that's where I see the future of Little Fish Comedy is like in digital branded content um, and live, um, I just think that there's a huge opportunity there because, and like, I've, I've been thinking about this for a while now. And like, this is just my two cents. Um, you know, I think that like HBO and Netflix and the traditional streaming platforms, like this is a whole other thing that we're not, we don't have to get into are like totally saturated and like it's competitive and difficult for comedians to get their material out there. And people are self-distributing on YouTube anyways. So I think it's like a cool idea of right. getting some brand money involved and like not just influencer deals, I mean like sponsored content um, and like custom content. So hopefully um, in like the next year, you'll see some more things from me and like I'm building out like a team right now to start like really working on branded content because I think hopefully that'll, you know, grow into something. That'll, yeah. A hundred percent. And it sounds like you, in the best way, like you have your, your next steps in your plan. And it's like, that's the kind of situation I was talking about. It's like, because you knew digital marketing so well, then it wasn't like you had to relearn a new skill while you were trying to produce these shows and connect with people and figure it all out. Like you're able to do that and build a team and know exactly what needs to be done. You know what I mean? And I think that's something you only figure out once you start doing it, once you start trying to produce the shows, trying to build the connections and everything like that. And I know you discussed that you've produced a lot of different types of shows and like sponsored events and things like that, but kind of leading me into my next question, like what was the experience and process for the first show ever that you produced? Like, I know you touched upon it, but like, what was like, what are some things that you learned or some mistakes or like yeah. some takeaways that you were like, cause clearly you're doing an amazing job. You, you know, oh, everyone who's listening, I'm going to, you'll see the bot, like I'm going to put her website and her Instagram in the bio of this. You'll see all of the upcoming shows and past shows she's done. Clearly you're doing something right. So what was that process for like the first show that you were like, Oh God, okay. <laughs> Noted. So 
the first one I ever did was like super scrappy. Like I, I don't even know. Like I could explain pre COVID. I mean, during COVID, like the first one we ever did was like, it was like, I called it like a little fun. It was a fundraiser. So there was one, we ended up doing it like in these people's backyards before we did it at the alley next to the synagogue. I mean, the community center. And, um, these like people who just ran this like food kitchen were like, we'd be happy to give you our backyards. There were like three backyards connected. And like, Oh, nice. Like, Especially in New York. Story, but oh my God. I ended up getting like scaffolding as a stage, like literal scaffolding and a construction light. This is like, I don't know if this is the story you were expecting, but this is the story you're getting. Um, I booked like a bunch of comedians to perform and they were all like, you know, club comics from the city. And like, it was so scrap. Like it was, it was a, it was a good show. Like I had a DJ. I learned, um, kind of like, I learned a lot. Like I didn't even know how to like the comedians. Like I didn't even know that you had to time them. That's what I'm saying though. But this is helpful for people. The reason I ask is because this is so helpful for people that are too scared to take the leap to try to do it. And it's like it doesn't have to be all glitz and glam the first time like some people forget like this is the whole point is trying it to learn you know so like for you that's like so inspiring it's like you're like i forgot that i was supposed to give them a light like i would you know what i mean like so many people would have had that situation you know they really taught me at the time and like it was just wild and like jared freed was like i feel like i'm a cat in whatever that or the aristocats or whatever like performing like in a disney movie performing on the (laughs) scaffolding it was hilarious um and it was fun i feel like if you had told me then that I would have been working on specials and like had been like producing at 150 person sold out show shows and like working with these comedians at clubs now, like you, I never would have guessed. And it's kind of like, sometimes I need to like stop and look back and be like, okay, like this, you've come a decent way in three years. Cause sometimes I'm like, it's not enough. I need to be doing more. I need to be like making more money and like growing my business. But then you have to be like, all right, like, you know, reflect in once in a while. And it's funny because like so many times when I'm doing this interview or interviewing people on the podcast, that always comes up where like, I'll kind of be talking about like the first maybe gig they did, the first improv class, first show they, you know, client that they had and anything like that. And then they look back and they're like, wow, like I really have come a long way. Like sometimes you're so focused in like, what's, what can I get done this week? What can I get done this month? Like I might not be like, financially where I'm at, or I might not be booking what I want to be booking, but it's like, to me, three years is an oppressive amount of time. And you've conquered and done so much in that amount of time. And you've built such crazy, amazing relationships. And I feel like it's, especially as like a female in the industry and with everything going on with entertainment and it being more digital heavy, and even as recent as like the strikes that we're dealing with, or all these movements where comedians are really scared of getting canceled. Like there's all these things that keep popping up and it's just like even the pandemic overcoming those things and realizing like taking the step back and being like, wow, like if, if, if Allie senior year of high school, like looked at who I, who she is now, like you, it's shocking. You know, it's like you, the fact that you have your own LLC, the people that, you know, the fact that you're building a team, like it's so impressive. It's so awesome, but it's also you're human and we live in a world where it's like competitive and it's like, okay, what's next? Yeah. Like I need to like check something else off the list. I need to be more impressive. So 
Yeah. I'm so happy that I asked that about the because I'm just visualizing like scaffolding and it's just like a broken down like feeder set and everyone's like, how about them apples? And, and I like, have yeah, I don't know. Pictures like Matt Salacuse, who's like unbelievable and like has works with like very talented comedians like Normand and Joe List and like shoots like famous celebrities was so sweet. He came out and like shot that show during COVID. And I just, like, didn't really know him that well at the time, but I just remember being like, wow, like, this is a big deal that he's coming to my show in these backyards with the scaffolding to shoot. And it was, it was really cool. And the pictures are awesome. And, like, yeah, it's, it's. I definitely want to see those. Yeah. I de- like, I, I want to see those. <laughs> like, the scaffolding is hilarious. Um, there were, like, mosquitoes everywhere because it was, like, the middle of the summer and it was hot. But do you enjoy like do you just because I'm thinking about everything you're talking about, especially how you said like you were able to have like a big area to do like the three backyards. Do you enjoy producing in New York? I mean, I know you're from New York and everything like because the comedy scene's so big there. Do you feel like it was it's kind of easier to build those connections and find those places and do everything there because of the location? Yeah. So that's a good point. I think it's it comes down to a couple things. So venues yeah there's like plenty of them and like when I first started producing I was only producing shows I was working like any venue I could find I would like produce a show there and we did like shows in like Chinatown we did shows in karaoke bars like they were super gritty and it was wild the Chinatown show was hilarious it was like family style for strangers and they were like sharing meals while comedians were performing oh my god it was wild and it's just funny because you know I find like I'm pretty relentless like when it comes to like booking talent like if someone's performing I'm not afraid to ask them because it's like you know will you come perform on this show because people are excited especially during COVID everyone's like really excited for stage time so I had a like a huge leg up but um in terms of like what you said about um performing in New York there's just like there were kind of in the heart of it like there's so many emerging comedians that are like about to blow up that we get eyes on first before they get like on JFL new faces because we were right. in the bar scene and like I no longer produced really like the bar shows anymore. I kind of took a step back because I was like, I don't know if it's beneficial to me to do the bar shows because I'm like making no money and like unless like a you know a comedian that I really wanted to work with or a comedian uh at a club or you know it's still beneficial i just like it's a lot of work to fill it yeah um but yeah like I said, that's a good point being in new york the club scene and the bar show scene there's like nothing else like it it's great and it's just like i think there's a thing to be said about like proximity right it's like it's just so easy to find places to go and meet more people because uh, everyone's trying like especially like with the pandemic like even out here like years later like everyone's like in order to from like a comics lens a stand-up lens like you have to be saying yes to as as much that comes in so that's really beneficial to the booker for the most part because like at the bare minimum it's like you're getting stage time you're getting more practice to learn and like see what works for you maybe if you want to try a new set you know because I think it's what's so eye-opening to me is for stand-up comedians like what they're getting paid depending on what show they're on and I think like there's I think people that don't work in production and produce shows or even are on the other side as talent don't realize like the different rates and stuff it's like you have this like sometimes it's like honestly I don't know if I can even offer you anything other than maybe like a dinner but here's a place where you can practice your set for like JFL or something to your point so right and like stage time is valuable I work with bigger clients now and have a little bit of a bigger budget so I'm like 
grateful that I can pay talent more because when I can't, I don't like to do those shows because I'm not trading for stage time. You know, it's definitely, you know, I don't even want to get into that. It's like a whole other thing, but yeah, no, but that's a good point. I hear, like, I hear what you're saying a hundred percent. Like, I, I think it's, it's, it's another perspective to look at that some people would not think, think about, you know what I mean? If they're, unless they're actually doing it. And then I, I know we were talking a little bit about like, you know, the first show that you did and then just obviously you've been doing it for three years now, but do you have any current shows that you kind of want to tell everyone about that's listening? Because again, I'm going to post everything on the socials, but are there recent shows you've been doing or upcoming shows or like things that you've been talking about? Cause I know when we spoke a few months ago, you were, you were churning like a machine over there. (laughs) Right now I'm really not producing many. I work on a weekly show at New York comedy club on Wednesdays at eight. It sells out anyways, but let's plug it. Use the, use the code scrambled for five dollar tickets uh it's presented by mark norman gary beater and matt ruby they're amazing and i love working with them they're great guys and um the lineups are always super hot like it's it's and the room is just like the audiences love it it's true comedy fans because it's a weird wednesday night and like people who come out like if they've just built like an incredible loyal fan base um and i'm happy to be a part of that and then I produce a show at Rule of Thirds once a month. Usually it's the second Wednesday of every month. This next week it's on a Tuesday, the 13th. It's in Greenpoint. Um, we usually, it's like a 150 person show. That show sells out usually too. Um, it sold out like pretty much every show for two years. Uh, there is like a secret sauce to that show beyond the restaurant. Like we don't release lineups and it is just so much fun. So it'll be great. So, I mean, it will just, if anyone wants to go to those, just knowing to like get it as much ahead of time as possible since they quickly sell out, but it's just a good for people living in New York or whoever's traveling. I know next time that I go back home, cause like, obviously I'm from New York. I want to go check out one or two of those shows. I feel like that'd be so much fun. Do you, and I know just a quick side question that I'm curious about now that we're kind of talking through this, do you see yourself producing in New York for the future or would you ever be interested in like traveling and trying a show in another location? Just cause obviously you know everything in New York, but like, would you ever do something in LA yeah. or if there's an area that's hot or is it like you're in terms of like the next few projects or steps or months, you're like, I think New York's just like really where I, you're rooting right now yeah. in terms of production. So I, I, I don't really have any intention of like doing shows anywhere else. If it came to like, if someone was like, I want to shoot a special here and like they, they were recruiting me to help produce, I would hundred percent do that. But there's really not like much like opportunity and like financially to do another show somewhere else. Right. In LA. It- And that's probably something where like the opportunity can present itself down the line to your point. So it's like, just keep like hustling and trucking along and then seeing what happens. And then I feel like it all just unfolds. And do you have like a favorite show that you've done or like a favorite, like, are there like a favorite group of comedians that have been like the smoothest to work with or like a favorite like venue that you've worked at, or is it kind of just like all experiences or have their different pros and cons? (laughs) It's a good question. I love like all the clubs in New York and each their own way. And like, they, they're all like, they they're all their own family and it's fun to be a part of the community in New York like the comedy community because like everyone knows each other and like industry and like I'm also like more on the talent side because I always am hanging out with comics more so than like industry because I've started on like the bar show side of things rather than like in a management company Um, right but my favorite I mean I don't know I produce at New York Comedy Club I love them 
so much. Like I love Emilio and the owner and ever he's the owner and everyone else who um like works there. They've all been really good to me so far, so that's been fun. And um there are just like some great shows that are, have been like been going on forever. Like Marianne Waves runs a show on Mondays called Butterboy at Littlefield and like that show is just iconic. She's been running it forever and she's like a legend and I look up to wow. her. She was like one of the first piece of her, like people I spoke to. And I was just like, I want to be what you do what you do. And she was so cool. So like she's great. So I love um that's a good show too. There's a lot of good shows. I'm like, I'm like, we have a whole lineup now of just all these upcoming shows. I feel like I feel like everyone who's listening has like golden nuggets of information that they're like, okay, if I'm in New York, I can't be bored because there's something going on literally every day of the week. Totally. Um and then leading me towards kind of one of my last questions is, and something that I like to ask everyone, but from a, you know a booking slash like production standpoint, is there any advice that you have for aspiring producers? And I feel like you were saying it through the episode a little bit, but is there any advice that someone gave you or like someone that was mentoring you that you really like that helped you take the next steps or that you like feel like just could just be helpful for everyone? Yeah. Um, I think it depends on like where you who who you're like what kind of person like you are in the business like if you're right. a comedian or if you're an actual non-comedian um my advice is kind of like i don't know you have to just get out and go to many shows and talk to as many people as possible and just kind of like get familiar with what it's like to produce a show and like what's involved and how much work it entails like the bar shows yeah. are you know, there's so many of them. It's so saturated. So really to find like an angle that like makes your stand out. Like, what is it like? And if you're a comedian, like, I know the, like the, the goal is obviously to get like, to produce a great show, get stage time, put up your friend, put up other comedians, make connections. And like, if you can really build something that's like big and like has, right. You know, like a following, um, whether that be like you do a show in Chinatown or like you do all this cool stuff, like it helps. Yeah. And it sounds like just to your point, and like so many people always say this, like, just keep like, don't like, don't stop. Like just keep trying, keep asking people, like keep trying to build relationships. Like most of the time people are so willing to help and it, it even helps them to like have those conversations and people just have much more like even I've experienced it like with doing like open mics and reaching out to certain people even me and you reconnecting years later like it's so helpful for me to hear things from another point of view that I think some people forget that it's like it never hurts to not like it the only thing that would be the mistake is to just not go to shows not try to communicate with people not try to go to open mics and things like that if if you don't want to get to that next step and kind of push yourself yeah it's tough I think I think the hustle is like 99% of it like you'll see a lot of comedians come I mean you know like yeah I know but it's true comedians who aren't as talented as other comedians really get really far because they put in the work to get to grow something right um, exactly have that like marketing business mindset yeah and it's also like your background right like I'm not a comedian so it's hard for me to come from that perspective but um yeah that's kind of my spiel but you know you know from the produce like from the production slash booking perspective which is incredibly important and I think the people that do listen that might be you know wanting to do comedy or aren't sure about producing a show will hear what you're saying and be like it's so good to have this other side of it because I didn't think of it this way and it's like just as much as like what I might know like you have the other side it helps and I, I was thinking about this before we got on it's 
so convenient, not convenient, but like lucky that your name is like your last name is Fishbein because the little fish comedy could have not been like a smoother, like nice name for a pro- like a show. I'm like, wow, this bitch just had it in the bag from yeah, day one. My, um, my first name, my middle name is Lee. So it's like Ali Lee Fishbein. So I took the first Lil, L-I-L, fish. And that's how I came up with the comedy. At first it was like some weird name, but this works better. <laughs> Some people have such crazy names. Like I'll look, I'll look at like, I'll go to the Elysian a lot out here in LA and every day there's just something different. And I'm like, nothing's off the table. Like there is such, the themes are insane. And like, since my last name's Sicchetti, I'm thinking down the line, I'm hoping to like produce consistently at some point and like be a host on it so I can like practice both muscles. But I'm like, I think I have to do some stereotypical Italian like spaghetti sacchetti situation oh, because yeah, it's just too easy. You got to find like a cool Italian spot in LA with a back room and like do something there and like do a that's such an idea. meal. You know, that's what that's what everyone in New York is doing shit like that. Just like family meals of just big things of pasta. And I'm like, all right, bitches, first we eat, now we play. Yeah, that's, we like, that's a good idea. Nailed it. <laughs> But I cannot thank you enough for coming on the podcast. Seriously, Al, like this was so like I, I I selfishly learned a lot more in specifics about you. And I know that everyone else who's listening is going to just really gain a lot of perspective from this, especially like, I don't know. I just think sometimes you can get wrapped up in one angle. Yeah. So I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. Yeah, of course. I'm glad I did. It's kind of interesting because people don't know this story like I've never told it before so thank you for that you're like people are getting you heard it here first guys <laughs> this, this is where it's at and then where can we find you I'm going to post everything in the bio yeah. of the podcast episode but what's your social media handle where we can um, find you you can follow lil lil fish comedy on instagram check it out you, we post all the show dates and everything on there so yeah and then she also has a website, which is the same exact thing, littlefishcomedy.com. And then she has, it's great. It's really very easy to see. It's organized and you can just see all the different shows that she's produced and projects she's worked on and like the clients she's had and brands and things like that. And if you ever want to talk to her, especially if you're in New York, feel free to contact her through either the website or Instagram because she has her email info there. And And yeah, that's my little plug. Um, So of course, of course. I was like, okay, we made it. We did it. This was a, this was a fun one. I'm so happy you came on. But if anyone, um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to slide into like the funny girl podcast DMS as well. And please be sure to rate review and subscribe and I will see you next week. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,